This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. So, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. What do you make of that when you hear him sit there and say that? You know who he sounds like? He sounds just like me. Isn't that something? Except for I don't preface things by saying, but to tell you the truth, (laughs) if you're telling the truth and you're trustworthy, you don't usually have to say that. And not that it doesn't slip out once in a while. I'm from Chicago. Let me tell you the truth. Oh, yeah, here we go. That's when you know that he's laying up the big lie, but I don't think he was. I think he was being plainly honest at that particular time. They had a clip of Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. Did you hear him? He said, yeah, you know, uh, Trump was an honest liar. I thought this ought to be interesting. Chappelle says, yeah, Trump was screaming during the debate that it was a corrupt election system. They asked him, how do you know? And he said, because I, I've participated in it or I've used it, something to that effect. Here's Obama saying the same thing. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, the issue of free and fair elections it definitely is a national security issue. It's certainly a, a huge legacy issue. I mean, if, we, if we're going to turn over to our children elections, scam elections, that you've now had two back-to-back presidents admit to you. Phyllis Schlafly wrote a whole dissertation about it. You can read it, an echo, not a choice. Nobody reads it because it's too boring to hear about how the election 50 years ago was stolen by Republicans. The dirty, filthy tricks. There's more. Hold on. Let me get this teed up. I want to give you the next part of this. And to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, the mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, So what do you make of that? What do you make of that considering where we're at right now? He knows what's going on. He's playing the game too. Trump probably does too. Now, what what, what are their motivations for doing it? Well, they're going to tell you that, you know, Trump is uh, the big bad wolf and it's all self-centered interest. Meanwhile, he's out doing business deals. He just did a big deal with Saudi Arabia. They criticize, oh, this goes to show his business dealings are shady. How is it shady that he's getting involved in a development project overseas as opposed to Biden making millings while he's in office? It defies logic that people would think like that.
But look what people are getting fed by their party leaders. The conspiracy theories, right? Today's debunking is tomorrow's reality. You just heard it from Obama. Playing the same game. Oh, what, because Trump beat them at their own game? Now he's going to take the fall for this nonsense? Either way, either way, do we not need a fair election system that is only for American citizens who are eligible to vote? We've put limitations on the vote. We've said children shouldn't vote. Up into age 18. Now imagine this. There was no election going on, but I was 17 years old in the Marine Corps, not old enough to vote. Not old enough to drink, not old enough to vote, but old enough to serve in the military with my parents' consent. Now you could use that as you're going to say, well, you know, see, people 16 and older should be able to vote. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you know back then I considered myself a liberal? I was registered Republican. But I said that I was more liberal. I said essentially what I say now. I don't know that my feelings about things were altogether different. I just didn't understand what I was really talking about back then, which is, I think, pretty normal. So should the elders decide who the the next leadership should be? I don't know if I agree with that. you got people being manipulated and played with. And I think that what we ought to be really rallying behind is fixing the system and getting it right. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody in either of these washed-up scam artist parties are doing that. You know, I watched this whole election. A lot of this I've already said, but I think it bears repeating. I said to you, even if there's a Republican sweep, don't expect too much. Why would I say that? Well, because when Trump was president, the Republicans had control of all three uh, branches. And what did they get accomplished? One thing tax cut. And that's because Trump didn't build a proper unity within his his team. There's one thing I could say about Trump, by the way, a little side note here. Instead of just firing people, he should just move people around. I'm thinking about people like Rex Tillerson. Why he did what he did to Rex Tillerson, I'll I'll never completely understand. Why you would want to destroy a relationship with a man like that, I, I, I just don't understand. There's obviously a disagreement Uh, And I'm not sure that uh, Rex Tillerson was as qualified as you might think to conduct the job that he had. But either way, why would you do that? didn't make any sense to me. I think Trump creates a lot of ill will in doing that. I don't think anybody was too impressed when they found out that Rex Tillerson got fired by Trump on Twitter. You know, there were some of us looking at that. I'm like, that's just uh, adolescent nonsense to do. You don't do that to somebody. You don't do that to anybody, let alone somebody of that caliber. Guy was like CEO of Exxon or whatever the heck his, his resume was. He had a long list. And you don't have to like him. You don't have to agree with it. You can say he's a crook. I'm just saying with people of that status, you brought him in to be the whatever it was, the foreign affairs uh, representative or whatever he was doing. And, and then you, you, you're going to fire him on Twitter. It's just it's very sloppy. It's not good leadership. This It hurts Trump badly. Anyway, let's get back to this election nonsense. What do you think at this juncture? You know, I said that Obama coming out sweating, I was concerned about it. Look now, you hear those clips. Maybe because he was waiting for somebody to say, wait a minute, weren't you the one that just a couple of years ago was saying the same thing? Hmm, we wouldn't have to, one wouldn't want to have to answer that question. Wouldn't you love to hear the answer to that? But you know, it never ceases to amaze me how they can come up with stupid answers and people, this sheep always, oh, 
oh, it is Russia's fault that Poland got bombed. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't, they didn't fire those. Those were American missiles fired out of Ukraine, killed two people in Poland. But, but it was Russia's fault because they started this whole thing. What kind of like three-year-old level are we at? The parents come in the room, and, who, who made this mess? Well, he started it. Well, he's, I don't care who started it. I'm going to finish it, right? That's how adults talk. But this country, it's just become like a bunch of two-year-olds. Oh, well, it, it turns out, for, last night, we, people were on the verge of World War III. You don't think there's a risk in what Ukraine did? I'm just speaking to the, the nonsense that people believe. How do you, I'm driving by this morning with the knowledge of all this, and I see somebody with the I stand with Ukraine sign in front of their house. How do you seriously look at what transpired over the last 24, 48 hours and still say that? It's like a suicide pact or something like that. I don't know. You just went from, and I, I look at this whole story just like the um, Paul Pelosi story. Like the story comes out immediately. It doesn't make any sense. You can't question that because then you're a conspiracy theorist. Some of it's still floating around. Russian missiles strike Paul, and it was all a lie. As soon as it came out, I looked at this. I'm like, ah, oh, they're bombing Ukraine. Sounds plausible that when one... Went awry, right? This happens. But it didn't happen. Now, I kind of look at the details and what does the evidence suggest. Some people feel differently about these matters, but that's how I feel about it. And so, I mean, where did it land? It landed like 15 miles inside of Poland. I'm like, that's not just a little overshot. That's like, that's like shooting completely off range in the wrong direction, no less. That Ukraine is launching, I'm pretty sure they're American-made weapons. Don't quote me on that. But shooting American-made weapons that, that hit a non-NATO country being supplied weapons by the United States kills residents of a NATO country. Nobody sees a problem with that? You're going to tell me that if, if France is having a conflict with, with Cuba and they kill two people in Florida, they're just like, oh, okay. Well, it's Cuba's fault. That what you're going to tell the, the family's victims? Well, anyway, the first flag that popped up, this is when we're still blaming Russia, that uh, I'm like, how is Russia so far off the board? Like, that's not a mistake. <laughs> that's like a serious uh, breakdown of, of the whole system, really. So then this story starts, so that, you know, the whole story lasts, oh, on the verge of World War III, NATO members struck, right? Oh, God. Get in, the, get in the survival cellar, everybody. Here it is, the big one that they keep talking about. Finger on the trigger. Emergency NATO. You heard the whole thing. And then somebody was like, hey, hold on a second. Hold on. I, I looked at this photo, and that looks like Ukrainian uh, anti-aircraft stuff there. Bah, conspiracy theorist. On with the emergency meetings. Scramble. There, there was the other flag to me. They're like, uh, two... Polish jets scrambled after an explosion at a grain center. I'm like, I mean, we have explosions in this country all the time. We don't scramble jets over that. Does anybody remember when there was a fire at the Philadelphia oil refinery down at Marcus Hook? People probably don't know this if you don't live close. Huge, huge fireball, huge explosion. I mean, if you're a conspiracy theory, you could have went on and on with that. There's no jets scrambled with that. Why would there be? 
Why would you scramble jets for an explosion in a field 15 miles inside of Poland on the completely the other side of the country? It didn't, it didn't add up to me. I'm not saying it's, it's not possible. I'm just saying that the whole thing wasn't adding up to me from the get-go, just like the Paul Pelosi story and just like these sham elections. Call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me crazy. I'm just telling you, it's not adding up to me. And now we know the truth, that it was Ukraine after all. So Ukraine comes, Russia immediately denies it. I checked. I checked in the Russian news. They're like, it wasn't us. It was Ukrainian. Ah, more conspiracy. Uh, Vlad can't be trusted. Uh, NATO members struck. Um, huge headlines getting people stirred up. Scrambling jets, emergency meetings on the verge of freaking World War III because Zelensky didn't want to open up and say, oh, I was us. How can you trust that guy? How can anybody trust that Zelensky has Ukraine's best interest at heart? I don't understand. I said this from the beginning, and, and I'll be fair, I'm not the expert on Ukraine, so I'm not sitting here saying I have all the answers. But the whole story, just like the Paul Pelosi story, stinks, just like so many other stories. We're being lied to. It's very clear to me. Zelensky had a moral responsibility to the people supporting him and the rest of the free world to speak up and say that it was them, and he didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. There's been no apology. There still hasn't been any statement. It's been the, they should immediately cut off all aid to Ukraine and stop all support of Zelensky. Let me tell you something. For you freaks out there with your little I support Ukraine signs that you don't even know what the hell you're supporting. You didn't know you were, Ukraine was two weeks ago. Now all of a sudden you got your little flag out there. Let me show the world how good I am. I stand with Ukraine. Do you? Then get your fat ass over there and do it yourself. Why does my son have to do it? You're going to be so quick. Oh, yeah, we should go over there. We should get on the ball. Yeah, you go do it then. You go stand in Poland. You go stand in Ukraine with your little sign. I look at these people. They're so weak-spined with their little soft, I stand with Ukraine. You don't even know what's going on. When you stand back and you look at the reality of it, you know where this is headed? It's headed the same damn direction that Afghanistan went. I told myself I'm going to calm down. I'm not going to get upset on the podcast anymore. I can't do it. You're going to sit there. I watched the whole Afghanistan train wreck in slow motion. And then you, you want, and where was Mitch? Mitch the bitch. I know I'm cursing. I apologize. Maybe I'll put a disclaimer on there for those of you that can't stand it. This corrupt Mitch McConnell's got to go. Two and a half million dollars they're saying that he got from this bankrupt FTX. You wonder why he was sitting there with his filthy mouth shut while the election was robbed. Not a word from this pig McConnell. Not a word from McConnell about Ukraine. Where's the strength of American conservative leadership to stand up and say enough with this Ukraine nonsense? Zelensky can't be trusted and it has nothing to do with the fact that he's Jewish. People don't want to talk. They'll tell you, sit down and shut up. Here's another big lie for you. Let me pull this up here. Is there video of this? I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it firsthand. Let me see. I should have had it teed up in advance. Let's see here. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be 
an act of Congress. So there you have Nancy Pelosi saying, I don't know when this was said. I wish I had the date. Uh, Here we go. Elizabeth Warren, November 14th, 2022. Elizabeth Warren, let's be clear. This is from the, the, what is it? What is she on the Senate uh, Finance Committee? Let's be clear. President Biden has the legal authority to cancel student debt. Republican officials need to get out of the way so Americans can get this much needed relief. All a lie. All big lies. Why is there no accountability? These miserable people sit there and lie with complete impunity. Nothing happens. People keep voting for them, keep electing them. Nancy Pelosi, in July 2021, said, the president does not have the authority. So listen, maybe Elizabeth Warren was confused. Maybe Chucky Biden was a little confused. Fair enough. What about the lawyers that did it? Where's the accountability for them? You wonder why people are so enraged in this country. You wonder why people are so angry. Obama said it. You keep flooding the town square with crap, and people are ultimately going to get ticked. You say, oh, listen, uh, you know, we can't approve student loans. They'll tee the same thing back up tomorrow, you watch, if they think they can get votes out of it. Right? They sit there and they sit there and lie about loan forgiveness. They continue to push the lie until the day after the election. Right? And then they come out and brag, like, oh, we got all these young people to vote for us. You think any of those young people will be smart enough to realize that they got screwed? Let me tell you a little story about corruption and lying to people. I was watching a little um uh documentary on um who was the Libyan leader? I'm drawing a blank now. You know what I mean. It doesn't matter who it was. The leader of Libya. Muammar Gaddafi. Thank you. Gaddafi, they're going through his whole life. They said he was addicted to drugs. All these leaders, they say, were addicted to drugs. I sometimes wonder, to be honest with you, I look at the paces that these candidates keep, these politicians keep, and, and a lot of it I look I'm like, how do they do that? I mean, look at Trump. I've, I've queried these questions. I'm like, is he on Adderall or something like that? I don't know. How does he do it? It's nuts when you think about what drives somebody to exhaustion like that. I want to keep doing that. I don't know. It's like lunacy. But anyway, they say with Gaddafi, they're like, I was, you know, he had this this harem and and, and a um, and, and a uh, abortion clinic in the basement of his of his compound there because these girls would come in and it was horrific the whole thing and the cocaine that he was using and every day he personally. Uh, approved this list of, of assassinations for people that have been arrested. It's all, all very crazy. But anyway, he talked about what took Gaddafi down. And uh, I think there's a little doubt that the United States was in, involved in that. And, and who knows what the whole story really was there. But in terms of lying to people and pushing people to their limit, there was a, uh, an outbreak at a prison in Libya. While Gaddafi was present, he was told of the the outbreak, and at first he didn't do anything. And these prisoners basically took over half the prison. There was two cell blocks where nobody had uh, had gotten out. They stayed locked down, but the other half of the prison, you know, they were killing the guards and they were they were trying to get out. So Gaddafi uh, said to evacuate the guards or the the, the uh, prisoners who did not try to escape, and it, it took all night long. All night long, they got these uh, prisoners evacuated. Got them moved out. And so now all they were left with was the prison riot. He then ordered the uh, Libyan military to shoot them all for hours, 
They sat there and shot over a thousand defenseless people. You know, I, I, I listen to this. It's one thing to make the decision to do that. And then another thing to participate in it. Could you? Would you? Who are the people that would participate in these things? It's crazy to me. So that was bad. All these uh, innocent, not innocent, I guess you could say, but they didn't deserve to be shot. They weren't given any death penalty. So he orders all this over a thousand people killed. Well, guess what happened? Well, then the mothers and the wives and the sisters of these men who were killed, they showed up protesting. Well, guess what Gaddafi did? He said, shoot them too. Well, that's when people started to fight back. And they said enough was enough. You cannot just sit there and continue to lie to people. You know, right now, everybody's fat and happy. They keep printing money and everybody's filling their bellies and their gas tanks and it's getting more expensive. But people haven't seen bad yet. It hasn't even gotten remotely inconvenient yet. Even what we went through in COVID, I'm like, this isn't as bad as it was in the 70s. Now, where are people going to go from there? You didn't have riots and protests in the 70s. Some. There's a lot going on. People could persevere. Today, wait, wait, wait till the gravy train ends. It's coming soon. It certainly seems to be. The economic growth is coming to a limit. The, the age of, of free-for-all printing money appears to at least be slowing. We'll see. I don't know. They have no choice but to keep printing money. They're going to have to. Let me just summarize what you've heard, despite my diabolical tantrum there. Maybe I'll go back and try and bleep over the foul. I apologize for, for talking like that. I don't know how you listen to this. You know, and it's to listen to Obama, it's like, yeah, you know, Republicans have stole some elections and Democrats have stole some elections, but this election we can't get stolen. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that anymore. Really? What's going to put a stop to it? You tell me. And then coming out and this idea of flooding the town square with sewage, pushing out lies, that's what he's saying. Now, certainly at that time when he made that statement, he was referring to Republicans, right? Because they do it too. I saw it with this election cycle. They got bit on it, the crime thing. I saw it firsthand. You know, candidates saying, oh, we got to talk about the bike gangs. I'm like, what are you talking about, the bike gangs? Yeah, crimes are, there's these bike gangs roving around. I'm like, all right, you're just making stuff up. <laughs> you know, you're, you're tough on crime stance. You just went way too far. People aren't going to believe that. People in the suburbs out here still feel, I would say, relatively safe. Uh, you know, I, we've made some adjustments to our patterns just because I'm kooky like that. But overall, if you ask me in, in the present time right now, um, no, we don't we don't see any real threat, at least not in the, on a – on a societal scale or that there's not enough law enforcement in our town. I see problems on the horizon, potentially. I see a rise in crime. It's not going to be here on our property. By the time you get past the alarm and the dogs, uh, you're going to have other problems to deal with here on this property. Lots of them, actually. You know, it's uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle was doing a skit on Saturday Night Live. Did you see it? I mentioned it earlier, I think, in my, my rant there. And he said, you know, the, the Ukrainians in the beginning, they didn't have any weapons. They're like, it was like a, a Home Alone uh, 2 on, on a national scale, and they're beating the Russians that way. Were they really? Remember that whole column of vehicles they supposedly blocked the Russians? There's something else on the Ukraine thing. I know I'm bouncing around a little bit. I got myself a little worked up. 
It happens now and again. Uh, but I said from the beginning of this whole thing, I'm like, why are the lights still on in Ukraine? There's no war going on. I think Trump, uh, Putin tried to be nice about it. I really do. I think he was trying to avoid humanitarian casualties. Now they're just like, all right, I'm going to turn off the heat. I'll tell you what. You can learn a lot about tactics and how vulnerable nations are. I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, look how effective the uh, Antifa fires were out west during the election. Remember that? Remember when they were like, oh, look, climate change, as the Antifa people are running out from behind the curtain that they lit the fires? I was hearing from people on the West Coast firsthand. How did they all go away? We just went through the driest year on record this past year around the country. We had it here. It was a very dry year. The Mississippi was low, but there was no massive wildfires. Nobody puts this together. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that could be. Just another coincidence, I guess. No, they were out lighting fires. This was Antifa. And so I thought, if I was going to take down a, a liberal area or a hostile area, I should say, what would maybe one of the things I would do? I was like, you got to take out the power. You really do. In today's modern era, if you cut the lights off to a major United States city, you will watch the mayhem instantly begin, right? You'll, you'll have 12 hours of, of relative safety. At the 24-hour mark, things are going to start to get goofy. 48 hours, all the perishable food is going to be pretty much gone. In many places, the ability to even cook. So within 48 hours, you've lost refrigeration, probably hot water, lights. What else? Possibly heat, probably heat. All these things gone with power. This is what's happening in Ukraine right now. And so I thought, if you really wanted to bring a country to its knees, I've thought it then. I asked the question, why is Russia not attacking? I've never seen a war take place where the lights stayed on. Let's just put it that way. It's just tactically speaking, not what you would do. If you're planning an attack on a country for whatever reason, whether you're doing it for altruistic reasons or nefarious reasons, you would want to do what? attack their vulnerabilities. And this is why I say Zelensky is no leader. He left the borders wide open. We watched the video of the Russian military after they said they were coming in, drive right in without so much as a speed bump. This is a massive, massive mistake. It was the same mistake that the Iraqis made when they sent the Republican Guard down into the southern tip of Kuwait, they never blew up the, the Pacific Coast Highway. I don't know if that's the official name. It's what we called it. And we just drove up there every night and lighted them up, lit them up. Right? Because they never, and then finally, I remember one day they started blowing. Maybe we should get rid of this. Maybe we should blow up this highway, do you think? So taking out the power. You start taking out the power. And, and maybe it needs to happen in, in places like New York City. I hate to say this. We have family up there. These places, L.A., San Francisco, they've become complete cesspools because both parties have been flooding the town square with sewage, like Obama said. Nobody trusts anybody. They don't trust each other. They don't trust the news. How can you? You can't trust anything you're told. I mean, look at what happened just in the 48 hours with this missile strike. Can't believe any of it. So if you're going to take the power out, and you're not a, a superpower and you don't have missiles, could you still do it? If you know what you're doing, piece of cake. Piece of cake. I said this after September 11th. This, to me, raises questions about what really happened on September. I'm not a uh, 
uh, a false flag believer. Uh, I lived through that. And, you know, I guess there's some plausibility to the story. I I just, I don't think so. I I think it it was a terrorist attack. Now, you know, who paid them and who trained them and where, you know, that all comes into question. But this idea that the FBI or whatever, whoever went in there and planted explosives around the building, and that's what really brought it down. And you maybe have seen some of these videos. I, I find that stuff really hard to believe. Okay, Not that it couldn't happen. But I find it really hard to believe. But I said after September 11th, I said this is not a, this is not a, there's no, there's no attack on our country. How can I say that? Because one, if you would have taken, I'll, I'll be realistic. If you would have taken just a half dozen SEAL teams, of say five guys each, five uh, uh, member SEAL teams, six of them around the country, 30 men, strategically located in the highest profile areas. Uh, back then, I was saying, you know, if you put one at the Mall of America, here we have the King of Prussia Mall. Um, you, know, you could probably identify easily a couple of locations that each of those teams could hit. And they wouldn't even have to do dramatic attacks. The country was so on its heels at that time, if you recall. And I said it then. I was like, man, if, if one car bomb pops up at a school or a mall, this country will be shut down for months. For a long time, people will be paralyzed with fear. And you don't think they could do it? You don't think that six SEAL teams around this country couldn't bring this country to its knees for a long time if they were, were, were well organized and had a plan to execute it? Well, how could they stop it? You the guys dressed in plain clothes, embedded in the city, and suddenly this one starts attacking, and, and all of a sudden another attack pops up. And it's not like you provide any announcements. They could have to declare martial law. You know, you, there are so many uh, ways that the, the citizens have the power to overcome even, even great militaries. And I think you saw some of that uh, proven in Ukraine, right? But the Russians, at the end of the day, they agree that the solution to their problem is to cut the power. So somebody wise enough to come in and say, you know what, this has got to stop one way or the other. I don't know. I'm saying to you that, look, you can't keep pushing people. You got Obama on this clip that I just played for you, openly saying the same things that QAnon has been saying. But somehow it all gets whitewashed, we'll say. And then he comes out and he talks about this flooding of disinformation. Send me one bona fide factual story that you found, completely factual story that you found recently in the news. Doesn't exist. They're doing it. You don't think that Obama, the way he was talking, you said, Chris, you sound a little evil talking about taking down a country like that. Oh, really? What was he just talking about? I was commenting on what he said. He's doing it psychologically. I'm saying you could do it in a, in a physical way, in reality. What would you do? You would attack the vulnerabilities, and he saw the vulnerabilities. What are the vulnerabilities of a peaceful people, an intelligent, peaceful people, that, that want to generally help people, right? That they're gullible, that they believe these things. Oh, Ukraine needs your help. Oh, evil Russia. We've been hearing the evil Russia since we were kids. Remember Red Dawn, right? Russia, Russia. Oh, that was the threat. That was the threat. That was the threat. And they were flooding the town squares with their Stalinism, probably still are, at least some of them. Who knows what kind of disinformation campaigns they're running. Very, very effective. Very effective to do. And there he is openly talking about it. 
There's Obama. Here's how you take down a country. Here's how you confuse a people. Laying out the plan. Marxism, Leninism, Leninism, all these uh, Mao, all these these uh, leftist, far left, communist, socialist, evil leadership. And I see more and more. I want to get keep keep going here. Let me um, lawyer in Detroit case. This is funny. Lawyer in Detroit absentee ballot lawsuit yells at the judge, cites uh, debunked conspiracy film. This is USA Today. During a court hearing that lasted nearly nine hours, the attorney representing GOP Secretary of State Christina Caramo, I guess you'd say, in a legal bid seeking to halt the count of tens of thousands of absentee ballots in Detroit, yelled at the judge and cited a widely debunked film that has further conspiracy theories about ballot drop boxes. What film do you think that was that they won't even name it here? Let me guess. 2,000 mules, maybe? So the, the lawyer is saying, look, the, the evidence is right here. Maybe she should have played the clip of Obama. This was in Detroit. Maybe she, maybe that would have been my counter to the judge. Well, don't take my word for it. Listen to your, your, your prince of all princes, Obama, over here. He said the same thing. But the judge doesn't want to hear it. Never going to hear it. Mitch, dirty Mitch McConnell. This guy is just a, a disgrace. Two and a half million dollars from FTX. Is he going to give it back? Is he going to give it back? Nancy Pelosi admitting that Biden does not have the authority to cancel student loan debt. Did Nancy Pelosi ever give a care enough about the young people in her constituency that she was creating false hope that maybe that, that Biden was actually going to do what she knew couldn't happen? You think she ever spoke up about it? Let me remind you of another little story about complacency, the Haditha Dam massacre. Do you remember me talking about this? The Marines were getting lit up every day by roadside bombs, but they found that the locals weren't. One day they hit the wrong convoy and the Marines unleashed on the civilians. Disgusting by every account. I do believe that it's likely uh, that the that the number killed was much higher than was ever reported. Horrible what the Marines did, but there was a reason. I always ask why. Why did they do that? You know, and in today's age of blaming Russia for the missile in Ukraine, then you could really just as fairly blame Obama for what happened at the Haditha massacre. And why is that? Because they sat back and did nothing about these roadside bombs while day after day, Marines kept getting killed. And just like in Libya, one day they had enough. One day they had enough and they unleashed their fury and people died as a result of that. They did it. Why? Why did the Marines do that? Because the civilians, the locals there, they knew where the bombs were. The terrorists, see the terrorists, they knew if they started hitting the locals, the locals would just cozy up more with the Americans. Very, very uh, sleuthy move on the part of ISIS that was behind all this. This is all factual. You can find all this publicly available. So the Marines are like, hold on a second. We're supposed to be here protecting this dam so that these people have drinking water and, and their buddies over here are killing us in, in the nastiest of all ways. If you've ever heard any of these roadside bomb stories, guys sitting there, a Marine sitting there in a Humvee, still alive, still conscious, with his, heads, his hands and feet blown the hell off. He's talking about it. 
You think that that's an acceptable way to die? So day after day, this is going on. Those those miserable, pathetic souls in Iraq, why we were there, just let them rot. Let them rot. They sat there day after day and watched those Marines, those very Marines that were there to protect them, those young Marines, the sons of good people, good Americans, who thought they were doing the right thing. I stand with Ukraine. Yeah, send your, send your, your children off to war. And the leadership said, well, we've got to be careful with the rules of engagement. Yeah, they're killing us with these roads. Well, we've got to be careful with the rules of engagement. Careful with the rules of engagement. We're getting slaughtered out there. Careful with the rules of engagement. We don't want the optics of this to appear. <laughs> Finally, one day, the Marines had enough and blew the stinking brains out of women and children, and they made a point. They made a point because those civilians were complicit because they didn't open their mouth. Where was Nancy Pelosi when these kids were getting ripped off of their vote because they believed that they were going to get loan forgiveness that was never going to happen? How long do you expect these young people to sit back and take this kind of a shellacking before they respond in some manner similar to those young Marines at Haditha Dam or those those mothers in Libya? People aren't going to put up with it. Sooner or later, people will revolt. It's in common sense, by the way. Let me uh, share this real quick with you. This was an article you can check out. Uh, I'm so sick of these pop-ups. The Political Insider lost retirement. Why 401ks are not okay and not just because of a lousy economy. And look, there's a giant fleecing going on with these 401ks. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind. It's a big scam. Uh, this whole idea of dealing with retirements and an aging population, it's a problem in Russia, it's a problem in China, and it's going to become a real big problem here. This is what happens. You know, you say, well, I've earned this. I'm going to keep this. It, when it's based on inflation, it can't be there. And you look at right now with the stock market continuing to go up, defying the, defying the street's expectations. Why does that continue to happen? It's going to continue to happen. Why? It's a simple supply and demand. Every every two weeks or whatever, every Friday, when payroll runs around the country, there's money getting pumped into 401ks. Why? Because they made it, the government made it, we're going to make our affordable retirement accessible for everyone. The richest country in the world, people shouldn't have to suffer in retirement. We're going to support this with our program and we're not going to pay taxes on it. And But what you created was an artificial bubble across the whole market. A steady, guaranteed stream of money coming in, whether there was any value to it or not. Just like everything else that the the government, under the best intentions, intentions, destroys. Nobody in the richest country in the world should be turned down from college because they can't afford it. We're going to make low-interest loans available to everybody. Free, 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 free college, free homes, free, free, free. And we're paying a fortune for it. The 401ks are going to go the same way. But here's my point about all that. I look at that article, this politicalinsider.com, which is some, who knows, hack blog. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like the world's finest blog. I don't know. It's the first time I ever really looked at it that I can recall. I see the tones of socialism in it, and I see it coming up. In so many different ways, whether it's these little things, ah, you're questioning, should we have capitalism? It's destroying the environment. Should we have our own retirement? No, the government should handle all, but God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.